Welcome back to all our listeners and our supporters of our show. And I know that you've been blessed listening to the part one. And I pray that you would be blessed listening to the part two. And again, thank you. Thank you so much for your support. And I know I left you in a cliffhanger, just like as if you are watching a movie or a show. That's where we left off. However, before I play the second part and before we all find out what his answer was, which of course I know because I interviewed him, I want to ask you the question first and I will pause for one minute to give you time to think. And my question is, you say you were a Christian. However, if you were put in a spot that you are face-to-face with a scary-looking person, who can kill you and he or she ask you the question, are you a Christian? What is your answer? I'll pause and give you a little time to think about what your answer will be. And then I will play his answer to that question I ask him. Be blessed with the interview. And again, my question is, are you a Christian? Or if he asks you, do you believe in God? About two weeks after I was in solitary confinement, they took me and they put me in a cell, handcuffed behind my back. And as the officer was getting ready to close the door to walk away, I was going to back up so he could take the cuffs off me. And he said, no, step to the back of the cell. You're going to get a celly. So I said, well, okay, I'm going to get a celly. So that's normal. I stepped to the back of the cell and he put a guy in the cell with me. Sister, this man had two bones sticking out of each side of his face and one through the nose. Now, this is not something that you can have in prison, but because he had had these put in his face surgically, Before he ever came to prison, the Federal Bureau of Prisons would have to have those removed out of his face surgically. And they hadn't taken the time to do that up to this point. So he's got one here, one out of each side. He backs up for the officer to take the cuffs off of him through the little slot that's in the middle of the door. And the officer takes the cuffs off. I'm still handcuffed at the back of the cell. Once the officer does that, the guy reaches into his waistband and he pulls a big knife out. And I mean, it's the type of knife, it's probably a foot long. So it's the type of knife that if somebody was to get stabbed with it, it would it would probably kill them, you know? I'm looking at him straight in the eye because I'm extremely vulnerable at this point. I am handcuffed behind my back. And as I'm looking at him and he's looking at me, he walks by me in the cell and he takes the knife and he sets it under the top bunk. I turn around, walk to the door, and let the officer take the cuffs off of me. The officer shuts the door and walks away. The guy looks at me, and in this very deep voice, he says, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I said, so now I've got to be brave, and I've got to be a convict here because this man has a knife. So I said to him, yeah, I am a Christian, but I'm in solitary confinement right now for fighting. So why would you say I'm a Christian? You don't know me, and I don't know you. And he said, I'm saying that you're a Christian because when they put me in this cell, I can feel vibrations in my body because of the spirit that's in you. He said, I'm a real, he said, I'm a real devil worshiper. He said, when my property gets here, which you get your property in prison, you're allowed to have, you know, a certain amount of stuff like your books, your religious books and stuff like that are always able to go with you. He said, when my property gets here, you'll see that I have a copy of the satanic Bible. I have books on demonology and witchcraft. 
And I said, okay. He said, well, I need you to promise me something that you will never touch me. And I said, I, I'm not going to touch you. He said, no, I, I need you to promise me that. Don't ever touch me. I said, brother, I, I can't never see a scenario where I would touch you. But he was scared because he wow. body. So what happened with that man is that as we were confined in that small little nine by 12 cell for weeks on end, I got my books too, which was the Holy Bible. So I made a deal with them. And I said, I'll tell you what, if you will, if we can read a, a chapter every day of the Holy Bible, we can also read a chapter of your book. And he said, well, you're not scared to do that. And I said, I'm not scared of anything, brother. I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. I'm protected. Amen. from." Everything. He said, you are the first Christian I've ever heard say that. I said, well, let's get into it. So we started to do that. We'd read a chapter or two out of the New Testament. I'd start, I believe I started in John and then we'd read a chapter or two out of his garbage, which is just pure garbage. And after we did that for about a week and a half, he said to me one day, he said, you know what? Let's just stop reading that book that I got right there. Let's just start reading that New Testament. And that's what wow. we did. Yes, ma'am. So we did that until the, until I got out of solitary confinement. That is just that is just so amazing. Thank you for sharing. And I also want to ask, so you mentioned, so you shared, you shared Jesus to the people and made the difference in their lives. So what when you became a Christian and accept Christ as your personal savior, we mentioned it earlier. What made you make that decision to be baptized? Okay. Well, and the way I understand the Bible is that there's a couple different types of baptism. Okay. okay. The first, of course, that that everyone knows about is the baptism in water. Okay. And that's just part of being a Christian. And that's something that, you know, in, in my mind, it's kind of like putting on a wedding ring. You need to do it. If you had the ability to do it, you need to do it. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily think it's going to keep you out of heaven if you don't do it, but I think you need to do it if you can. Mm -hmm. And I did do that. The other type of the baptism is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is what I received when I was walking out in front of Aaron's cell that day. And that just came from understanding the scripture there in Luke 11, uh, 13, where Jesus said, listen, which one of you, if your son asks you for an egg, is going to give him a snake? So how much more is your father going to give you the Holy Spirit who asks him? And I was standing on that. And, and I did a Bible study in the book of Acts, and I saw how the brothers were receiving the Holy Spirit there and, and walking boldly and in power. I want to carry just a little bit more on the story about the going into solitary confinement with the Satan worshiper. When I got out of solitary confinement the next day, and this is just an awesome moment in my life also, I was walking across the rec yard. I'd been in solitary confinement for a month, and I was walking across the rec yard to go do some exercise. And a little old man from Puerto Rico come walking up to me. I think I, at this time I was probably 28 years old. This guy had to be every bit of 60 years old. And he walked right up to me and he said, excuse me, I would like to sow into your ministry. And I said, old timer, I think you got the wrong guy. I said, I just got out of solitary confinement for fighting. I said, I don't have a ministry. He said, it doesn't matter that you were in solitary confinement for fighting. He said, God doesn't care and I don't care. He said, and you can't really stop me because I already ordered the books for you. My wife's sending them. The Lord spoke to me clearly about you. So what happened was this guy had been a Christian for about 25 years, and he had been the inmate preacher in another prison. The Lord had spoke to him about me. And when he saw me coming across that wreck yard, this is how God works. The Holy Spirit is so awesome. He is. He put me and this man together. This man ordered me the most powerful 
faith-filled Christian books. I got books by John G. Lake. I got books by Smith Wigglesworth. I got books by Catherine Kuhlman. I got books by Mariah Woodworth Eder. And that just took me to another level with God. And it just lit a fire under me to be able to read their books over and over again and to stay in the Bible. And that man became my friend on that day. And he ended up getting out of prison just a few years after that. And he stayed my friend for the next 12 or 13 years while I was in prison. Oh, and I also want to know. So what happened with that that guy that was in jail with you? You know what? I do not know what happened to him. Uh, he was still in solitary confinement when I was released back to general population. He was actually trying to get sent to a much higher security prison, which doesn't make sense. Normally, you'd want to go to a lower security prison, but he was trying to get sent to to a higher security prison. Um, so I'm not really sure what happened to him, but I know that he, here's something that he allowed me to understand. And during my walk with Jesus, because I didn't know anything about church or churchianity, the things that were in the Bible, I took them literally. When the Bible said in Corinthians that, you know, or Jesus said, hey, as often as you do this in remembrance of me, you know, you break the bread and you, and you drink this and this is my blood, what we call taking communion. I did that before every meal because he said, as often as you think about me. And for me, that's every day. So I'm like, OK, you know, until I learned better, that's just what I did. And you know, God, I, I believe God honored that, you know, coming to him like a child like that and not having any tradition to hold me back. I think it just catapulted me to to a, a much more intimate relationship with him. I studied I started to study these various religions that are in prison because you meet people there in federal prison from all different walks of life. You meet a lot of people that are involved in religions like Santeria, which is essentially completely demonic. You ha I met people that are involved in voodoo, which is a, 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 a Haitian yeah. religion, again, completely demonic. And one thing that I learned during that time, sister, is that people that are involved in that or like the guy that I was in the cell with, the devil worshiper, you never, ever have to convince them about the reality of the supernatural. You do not have to convince them about God or about demons because they know it's real. Because they've dabbled in the occult or because of what they've been involved in, they've seen stuff. But it's only the Christians sometimes in America that, that don't really have the reality of the supernatural front and center, that God is right here. Jesus is the king of that realm, not some little devil that they're, they're serving. Jesus is the king of that realm. That is just amazing. And I also want to ask question that comes to my mind. So what are you like thankful for? Why should people be thankful not just one day during the year about about Jesus and remember him and not just remember him in December when it's, supposed, it's actually not really supposed to be the day he was born because there are shepherds. But why should we always be thankful to Jesus in our lives? Like I say, when we wake up, and we go to bed and why do people need to always remember him people we said before people will just think of him like he's like a genie and you make a wish or or like a vending machine or anything like that but they have to live a life every single second thanking him and yeah. remembering him what can you tell our audience about that here's what i would like to say this is something that this is something that I worked out over years of being in prison. And again, that's a really good question. I don't know how long you've been doing this, but that's a really good question. So I'm going to fast forward 
quite a bit into my testimony of my life. Okay. And I'm going to just skip over some really incredible stories, but I'm going to fast forward into 2017. In 2017, through a series of events that God, only God could orchestrate, I was back in solitary confinement. And this time I was there for 377 days in a cell by myself with a Bible. Okay. Now the men around me couldn't see me on a daily, you know, on a daily basis, but they could hear, we could hear each other because in front of this uh, old prison that we were in were bars. And what started to happen was I, I began a very vigorous routine back there of prayer and fasting. That's where I really first learned how to fast. And I would fast sometimes for a week at a time. And I would tell Jesus, Lord, I need you to completely change the course of my life. I need you to reveal yourself to me in such a way, Lord. You know, I need you to guide my steps and guide my paths in every way. But I need you to reveal yourself to me in such a way because the men that are around me, I can't take them anything else other than a living, tangible Jesus. That is what's going to make the true difference in their life. And I'm going to tell you, sister, that the Lord answered that. And about six months into that, I started to have supernatural dreams. Sometimes he would tell me the names of a person that would be getting ready to come to the unit. I would write the name down on paper. I would give the name to my neighbor, who was a giant skinhead guy with a huge tattoo on his neck. He would hold the paper and the guy's name on the paper would walk in the next day. I mean, this is this this type of stuff was just incredible. So to, to answer your question in the way that it worked for me. OK, if you can present Jesus as the absolute remedy, as the Holy Spirit, as a real person that is here, that is a tangible element in your life that can lead you and guide you. And you can present that and give that to someone. They'll be thinking about Jesus and praising Jesus all day. Because the Holy Spirit, his his job, one of his jobs is testifying to the Lord Jesus. Everything that he's ever done through me to help other men has been to elevate the name of Jesus Christ. It's never been to elevate, elevate the name Holy Spirit or elevate the, the Father. Because I mean, we know they're there, but it's always the Holy Spirit will speak of Jesus. You know what I mean? He will testify of me. Those are Jesus's words, not mine. And so, you know, I could present the risen Jesus as a remedy, especially if God would do something supernatural like that. In one particular instance, I had wrote down the name on a piece of paper. I give it to my neighbor, okay, because this had been happening quite a bit. And we were having Bible study every night. I'd get up to the bars and I would holler out so that men could hear the word being preached. And they would ask me questions back down there and I would just keep doing it. And some, And the Lord gave me a dream with the name. And the next day they brought a couple guys in there. So after they brought them in and they put them down in some cells down on the end, I hollered down there and I said, hey, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what's your name? And so, you know, the guy hollered back real tough and he said, well, my name's Hustler because everybody in prison has a nickname. OK. And I said, well, listen, brother, I said, I'm not on anything bad down here. I said, I'm a Christian. I'm a real one. I said, and I'd just like to know if you'd let me know what your real name is, your first name. And he said, my name is Fernando. And as soon as he got those words out of his mouth, my neighbor, the big skinhead started cracking up laughing because on that piece of paper was their name, Fernando. So I hollered down and I said, brother, I've got a piece of paper down here with your name on it. And I don't know what's going on, but I know the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to get your attention. Now, when I did that, the other guy that they brought on the tier with him, he screamed out and he said, hey, man, I can't believe that because the other day you were just talking about how lost you felt. 
So, so the guy, Fernando, the Hispanic guy from Chicago, the gang member, he was a Latin king. He said, hey, I don't want to talk about this anymore out here because people could hear what we were saying because we had to scream back and forth. He said, I'll send you a letter. So he wrote a letter down on a piece of paper and shot it down there to me. And I opened it up and read it. And I wrote him back and I said, hey, is there any chance that somebody is out there in the free world praying for you? And he wrote me back and he said, yeah, my mom's praying for me in Chicago. He said, my brother just got murdered up there. So I wrote him back and I said, brother, I don't know why Jesus has took an interest in you, man. And Jesus is trying to reach you, bro. And you know what happened, sister? What you think happened? Right. You know, he got saved. born again. Yes, he got <laughs> saved. He got saved because of how amazing. That is, I'm just listening and I'm just so amazed of all of the stories and how amazing it is. And I can't believe you're in our show and it's just, it's just amazing and stuff how God is using you. It's Jesus. Jesus does it. He is awesome. He is awesome. And I have to say this, and I want to say this to your audience, okay? Because everybody's walk with the Lord's different, and maybe everybody's is not going to be quite the same. And even our brothers and sisters in the New Testament, you know, they had different walks, and people were called to different parts of the body of Christ, okay? But I used my time in prison, and particularly that year that I was in solitary confinement, I didn't look at that as a punishment. I mean, there are men back there that are killing themselves because it's an environment where the enemy loves it because people are depressed mm. and they're scared and it's dark and it's in Illinois in the summertime and there's no air conditioning. So the humidity is like 95 percent mm. and it's miserable. OK, the Lord led me and I was able to use that as an opportunity to dedicate all my time to him. No distractions, me and him. There were days, many days. One time I, I went for three weeks straight where I prayed for five hours a day, just praying in tongues for five hours a day and just, you know, allowing that supernatural door to be open for the Holy Spirit to come in, to use me, to lead these rough, rowdy men to Jesus. I had an opportunity there and God put it in me to take advantage of it. So when stuff like that starts happening, uh, uh, what happens in your life, in my opinion, is that you see so much of that supernatural and you're blessed by that, that it, it and it takes you to another level with the Lord, that there is no going backwards. OK, when I got out of federal prison nine months ago, there was no way that I would come out and be able to just forget about or not act on the things that I'd done with the Lord. All that was impossible. You know, I mean, the Lord had showed me some of the things that he wanted me to continue to do when I did get out of prison. You know, so I, I have to continue that every breath I take. I've got to talk to sisters like you. I've got to do. And my heart is really to be an evangelist, because sometimes I would read a chapter in the Bible, maybe two chapters. And then I'd pray for a half hour just over that chapter. And I'd say, Lord, I need you to reveal this chapter right here to me. And after doing that for so many months, I mean, sister, somebody could ask me right now, hey, what do you think about? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. And I got a sermon for that. You know, because wow. yeah, it's just the Holy Spirit. He does it. That is just amazing. So, yes, and I'm so thankful to have you. Can you tell our audience more about you? I know that you also wrote the book and also the website where they could check. And I remember before I forget, you showed me a frame earlier that you want to talk about. Sure. Okay. So like essentially what am I up to now? So here's what happened. Yes. When I was in solitary confinement for that year, after I'd been there about six months, that little old Puerto Rican man that had been released from prison 12 years earlier, he had been on me. He's like, Steve, I would like you to write 
a book about your life. And I, and I would write him back because we couldn't use the phone back there. Only once a month could we use the phone. So our correspondence was like one letter a week. And I would write him back and I'd say, Jose, I don't want to write a book about my life. I'm back here serving God. He's doing awesome things. These guys are back here getting born again. It is incredible. Not only were they get born again back there, but then they would get transferred out to other prisons. So they were getting transformed back there. Bible studies, getting born again, getting transferred to other prisons, taking the message of Jesus. Amen. It was awesome. So he's on me about this, on me about it. So I was sitting at my desk one day and now I feel the Lord's on me about it. And he's letting me know, I want you to write this stuff down. So I sat down with a piece of paper. A pen that was about three inches long, because that's all they would give you. A pen about three inches long, some little scrap paper. I started with the first memory of my life. And I was in the backseat of a car being transported from Hampton, Virginia to Illinois with a bunch of strangers that I didn't know. And they were trying to engage me in conversation to say to ABCs. And that's what I was doing. And I wrote about that in that first chapter of that book. I took that paper and I set it up on a shelf and I didn't think about it again. I got a letter right after that from my friend Jose, who lived in Florida. Remember, I'm in prison in Illinois. He's in Florida. He writes me a letter and he says, Steve, I do not know why the Lord has put this on my heart. He said, I knew you 12 years ago and how the Lord was leading you in prison. I know you're very advanced in Christianity and very close to the Lord. You understand the doctrines. He said, but Jesus is on my back about talking to you about the ABCs of faith. And I said, Lord, you just confirmed everything because I started the book with writing about the ABCs. So I sat down there for several months and I wrote the story of my life. I wrote the story about all the supernatural things that God was doing back there in solitary confinement, the men getting saved. I saw two men back there receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which was just incredible because they didn't understand it. Just it was. But I, I was able to talk to them about fasting and get them to start fasting. So. You know, I wrote that book. I sent it to him about four or five pages at a time over the course of some months, and he held on to it. So when I got out of prison five years later, he still had it. And I wrote him and asked him to send me that original manuscripts, everything. So I have the original. And in 2020, about two years before I got out of prison, the Lord came to me in a dream and he showed me in the dream some scriptures rotating on the wall in a home. And I was looking at it. And it was just, you know, a new scripture would come up there, some faith-filled scripture right out of the Bible. When I woke up in the morning, I knew the dream was from the Lord. I knew it. So I asked him, I, I, I said, Lord, I see what it is, but Lord, I don't know how this works. I wouldn't begin to know how this works. I've never seen a smartphone. At this time, I'd already been in prison almost 17 years. I said, I've yeah. never seen a smartphone. I've never seen a Facebook or a TikTok or a Twitter or any. I said, Lord, I just don't know what this is. Please show me. But I knew in my spirit it was from him because I'd had enough dreams from him over the course of the years. The very next night, sister, he gave me another dream. And in the dream was a white hand and it came to me with a little chip and it and it just came closer and closer and closer like that. And he said, this is how it's going to work. So I held on to that. And when I got out of prison two years later, through just a series of supernatural events that is just incredibly unbelievable, you come out of prison after 20 years, you don't have a pair of socks. Yeah, and you don't know what's going on outside the world because you just see walls. You just see walls. Exactly. I mean, you it, it's just incredible. And I got out and I went to somebody here in this community where they sent me, where I am not from the area where they sent me. And through some studying, I, I linked up with somebody here that understands ideas. And I said, listen, I had a dream and it came to me from God. The guy's, you know, he's not a Christian. And I said, this is what it is. And, I, and I'm supposed to do something with it. And he said, I don't even know if it'll work. 
but let's figure it out. So here we are nine months later, and I will fast forward through all the, the things that have happened. I have manufacturer, graphic designer, and we have developed the very first original scripture frame. It is the first one. It is awesome. And that is what we're doing right now. So basically what I did was over these scriptures that I had prayed and fasted over, we had them loaded onto these digital frames and they have this wooden, they're, they're, they're set inside this beautiful wooden frame. And then it's a, it's a digital frame and you can set it to change scriptures either every 10 seconds. You can set it to change scriptures every hour if you want, or you could set it to change scriptures every day. But the beauty of it is you don't have to know how to use the Internet because I didn't. You don't have to know how to push any buttons. All you have to do is plug it in. You, and I've got, you know, three different sizes. You could set it on the wall. You could you could have them on your desk or on your shelf. And they're just beautiful. So we just started on Monday. Believe it or not, today is, let's see, Friday. On Monday, we just started selling them and people love them. We've got them on Indiegogo. So if people go to Indiegogo and search scripture frame, they can see them right there. And then they could also go to my website, which is JesusSpeaksLLC.com. If they go there, they, they made a little video about my life, a little three minute video. It's really cool. And, you, and, you know, people could go there and they could support me in getting my book done, you know, because it's some work getting it edited, getting it formatted. And I put a little thing there when they go to the, the Indiegogo uh, scripture frame area where they could, you know, try to help me kind of get that going, which is really awesome. And it's God's making a way. God is just making a way. He wants more of his word out there. He wants more of his he, he wants more of his word in front of people. And I'm going to tell you why. If you'll just let me just please let me say this, because this is so important. And the Lord showed it to me when I was a kid. OK, and I was growing up the way I was growing up like an animal. You know what I mean? I would come home from school sometimes and somebody in that house, an adult would just grab me and beat the crap out of me. OK, for no reason. OK, I'm not the only one. This happens in America. The world's a bad place. It happens. You know, the world's rough. OK. It's nobody's fault, man. It's just a bad place. I've done a bunch of bad things in my life, too. So I forgive anybody that's ever done anything to me because I need God to forgive me for every bad thing I've ever done. You know, and I and I receive that in Jesus name, that forgiveness. I remember walking through one of my friends's house one day and next to the doorway to leave on the side of that wall was a set of footprints in the sand in a big frame. And it said right on there, a man was talking to the Lord. He was in heaven. He said, Lord, I'm looking at my life. And right here when I was in these hard times, Lord, I only seen one, you know, what I mean, one set of footprints. And the Lord said, but that's when I was carrying you. See? <laughs> you know what I mean? So you never know. I remember that scripture when I was 40 years old in the darkest, most solitary place in the United States, inside the prison, solitary confinement that's inside the prison. And when the Lord showed me that a few years later, I need my word in more homes. I said, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how it's going to make it work, but Jesus makes a way. That is just so amazing. And again, we appreciate having you in our show. And Yes, and I hope everybody was so blessed. And like I said, thank you so much for your testimony. It's just, it's just amazing. And I love hearing it. And I feel so blessed to have you in our show. Thank you. Could I say one more thing, please, before we go? Yes, yes go ahead, please. Right. I want to say this. If there's, if there's anybody listening to this right now, okay, or if you're somebody in your audience, and I don't know what the demographic is of your audience, I want you to please 
get this audio in front of anybody that's in your family or any distant friend that you might have that is struggling with with addiction or that was abused in their life. And I want you to let them listen to to this part right here. If you've been through that, if you've been addicted to alcohol or drugs, or if you've been abused in your life, okay, that's not the end. That is not the end. I promise you with everything that's in me, that if you will reach out to Jesus, not a religion, reach out to the Lord Jesus, the risen Lord Jesus, and ask him to come into your heart and ask him to save you. The Bible says that he is standing at the door waiting to come in. And I'm asking you, please open that door. I'm telling you, he is real and he is alive and he will set you free from that. He will set you free from that. I've seen the worst men on the planet get saved and born again and walk out of solitary confinement on fire for Jesus to the point where they would tell me, now what do we do, Steve? We've been doing our time this whole time as prisoners. Now we're going to another prison as a Christian. And I'd say, brother, just try to go there and find you two or three good Christians and keep talking about Jesus. That's all I can tell you. Thank you so much. And yes, like I said, we don't know who is listening. And like what we always say, that Jesus gave us a free gift of salvation, free free for us, but not free for him because he got tortured. He got hanging the cross. We don't know what any of you are listening, but we just hope and pray that you'll accept Christ. And hopefully with Stephen's amazing testimony that makes me want to cry because it's just so amazing and it's so touching that it also touched your heart. And decide to accept Christ and we would love to hear from you and let us know if you have any questions and we're here and thank you again Stephen and yes, I hope you have a blessed it and thank you for being a very inspiring and sharing your testimony to everybody that listening because I know other people that around you, you changed their life by speaking Jesus telling them to come to Jesus and thank you. And to all our listeners, um, you have one more thing to say? Jesus does it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you so much. And to all our listeners, I hope you all have a blessed day and always remember to come to Jesus daily. And until next time, enjoy this wonderful music from Spotify, which is one of our major sponsors. Take care, everyone, and stay blessed. ever chose me has always been a mystery all my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line with all the other not quite with all the never get it right but it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time cause I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul Ever since you rescued me You gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight you picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well, the moral of the story is Everybody's got a purpose 
So when I hear that devil start talking to me Saying who do you think you are I say I'm just a nobody Trying to tell everybody All about somebody Who saved my soul And ever since you rescued me You gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus So let me go down, down, down In history As another blood Faithful member of the family And if they all forget my name Well, that's fine I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus So let me go down, down, down Here down He has another blood Faithful member of his family So I ever wanna be And if they all forget my name Well that's fine with me Living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus Cause I'm just a nobody Nobody but Jesus